Excellence Expected, the inspirational business advice podcast. Well, hello there, you fine podcast folk, and welcome to Excellence Expected with me, Mark Asquith. I don't know why I tell you my name every time, you know, because you tune in every single week, twice a week, and you know me by now. I'm just the English guy that likes small business. Thank you for choosing to spend this 30 minutes with me as ever. Now, we often talk about the importance of relationships in business, but how deep do we actually go? How do we master that craft? Because truly, it is a craft. And that is the issue that we're going to define, challenge, and conquer today. Specifically, how to master the art of relationships. And with me is someone that has such a wealth of experience in this. We were just having a fantastic chat in the pre-interview chatter. Someone who has worked with some amazing global companies, including Apple, HP, Yahoo, and Pixar. Welcome to the show, Mr. Jason Troy. How are you, sir? Hello, I am doing wonderful, Mark, and thanks for having me on your show and speaking to your fantastic tribe. I am looking forward to digging into this because relationships, I mean, the word relationships is thrown about so, so often. I don't think many of us actually understand how to master the art of that, and I'm really looking forward to digging into that. But before we get to that, Jason, tell us a little bit about your background. What is it you do, sir, and where did you come from? What's the, what's the background? Well, I'm a business and executive coach, and my background is varied, as in most entrepreneurs. I started out going to law school and getting my master's in communications. And as I was interviewing during my second year in law school in New York City, I asked people the, a final question in all my interviews, and it was, are you happy? And little did I know back then that that was such a loaded question, and it, the answers were always paused. People I knew were either lying or stretching the truth or some form of not telling me what was really going on. And I thought, do I really want to live my life after 30 interviews where it's consistently the same answer, which wasn't one that was going to make me happy. So I decided to go to Silicon Valley and I worked in technology and I love complex things and trying to understand them and break them down. So I got to work in marketing, got to work with oh lot of great CEOs and other executives and companies as well. And then after a while, it was just like, this wasn't just making me happy anymore. And I found that my life was not going the way that I wanted it to in corporate America. And I started to do coaching on the side with uh, a friend of mine in Los Angeles. And then that wasn't going in the direction I wanted to as either. And so I decided I'm just going to go out on my own. And I wrote a book, Social Wealth, that's out now. It's a bestseller and just started up my coaching business and getting more clients. And I'm working and I help people get unstuck, put the passion back in their life, help them figure out where they want to go in the future and also help them build critical skill sets that they're not going to learn in life, such as how to build relationships, how to build influence, how to connect better with people, how to build up social and communication skills and other things like that. And you know, then my clients get some pretty significant return on investment. Many of them make a lot of money. Some of them find new jobs, start new careers, start new businesses. And also this also positively impacts their personal life in a pretty significant way. Wow, that's a very uh, that's a very storied history there. So I'm sure there's there's probably 
thousands of hours of episodes of podcasts in there somewhere, which I think is yes. amazing. <laughs> a lot. <laughs> now, the, the interesting thing that I take from that is that, you know, you focus now on relationship building, influence and persuasion, which is really, really interesting. That trifecta is very, very curious. And I often wonder myself about relationships, especially in small business. You know, we primarily talk small business excellence expected. And I, I do wonder whether many of us actually take for granted these social skills that you actually mentioned. You know, we, we assume that we're already good enough at them. Is that something that you come across frequently with, with your nascent clients, with new people that approach you? People have this expectation in the world that people are born with these skill sets, that are born with social communication and emotional skill sets, and they're as good as they're going to get. And that couldn't be farther from the truth. These are all learned behaviors. Sure, if you're growing up and you're around social parents and the social family, that will definitely impact you and improve your skill sets because you're learning them and modeling them from a very small age. But that will not stop someone from learning this. And even if you're an introvert and socially awkward, you can master these skill sets, right? You may not be as good and fluent as someone who's already an extrovert, but you can be significantly better and your quality of your life will exponentially rise. And it's something that can be learned in 30 days or less. Now you have to practice them, but you can get significantly better in a very short period of time. I love the idea of practicing because, again, we take that for granted. And if you look at any anyone that's an expert at anything, whether it's Eddie Van Halen or I was just about to say Tiger Woods, but I don't know if we'll go down that road, actually. It's perhaps, yeah. it's, it's perhaps not so good anymore. Yeah. <laughs> but if you look at anyone that's achieved greatness, they really, really do ingrain it into their lives. It's just something that they do every single day. And I, I, I like the idea of this being something that we do all of the time because you're right. We're not all born to the best of our ability. You know, we do have to practice everything. And why should this be any different? Yes. Now, how do you work with people specifically then? So what's the typical kind of person that comes to you? And what is the typical situation they are in when they do arrive at your door? Sure. So I have diverse clientele, but the vast majority of my clients are at a vice president level and above in a corporate world, up to C-level people, and I have executive chairman as well. And then I have you know small business owners who own their own business, and that's typically the two forms of people. And people come to me, they're plateauing in their life, right? They've, they've had some success, but now they're flatlining. They may have the passions gone out. They're like, they just don't feel motivated and they're not excited every day about their life. Or perhaps they're at a crossroads, right? So maybe they're at a CEO of a company and they come to me because they don't know what the next step should be and they haven't really planned it and what's going on. And the other type of person that comes to me is someone who's hit a rock bottom, right? So things are spiraling out of control and their life is really going in a very negative place. And so with all three, I start in the same exact place, which is inside because everything that you need to do starts with you. And when you can't align yourself, clear out what's going on internally and then get focused on what you need to do as a person internally to get yourself in a better place. The other things in the external world don't work very well. There's quite a there's quite a range of people that do end up at your door, and I think that is a very curious situation for you as well. Because I, I often find that when you're when you're an external coach, you can you can have a sense of objectivity that other people around those people 
can't necessarily have. So is the process, yes. you know, you mentioned, you mentioned right at the beginning, we start from the inside, which is fantastic. Is the process very similar for each one of these people as you go through it? How, how, how far does it vary with these types of people? It's, it varies quite a bit because people come to me with different challenges. I mean, I, I have a set process that I go through with people and although the timing of that can vary because depending on what life experiences and what's happening, or I've had you know a new client who's in the process of a really unhappy marriage and it was our first meeting and instead of doing what we normally would do, we were working through that and I was helping her really have a game plan to move forward on it. But typically, I have you know a set steps that I go through with people and then from there we work on things in the external world. But it doesn't but end of the day, it comes down to understanding your patterns and pattern recognition internally on why you're stuck and why you're not where you want to be in life. So it's important to create a blueprint. And some people come to me because it's they want to make more money in their business, right? Some people come to me or CEO who needs someone who's a sounding board and help them gain new skill sets or take their company to new places. And so all those things can be varied, but in general... A lot of that, again, is around relationship building as well. And how do I build better relationships and how to become more connected with people and understand them in a way that is going to help me in a business world to influence, persuade them, to get them to do something. And that's in a win-win situation or in my personal life as well. How do I really create relationships that are going to last? One thing that you said there is persuasion. I find that very, very interesting because I'm, I'm a massive fan of influence and persuasion and the whole NLP movement and the way that yep. that influences business. I think that's very curious. And the one thing that it, it sprung up in my mind is that we talked there about people that are struggling. Do you work with people or do you find people who are driven individuals that want to follow a path of personal development and actually probably aren't struggling? They just want to do more. Do you work with those kinds of people as well? I do. Those people are just much rarer. I think it's, it's rare to find someone who is on a path and things are going great and they want to take it to the next level because that's not when people typically reach out. So, I mean, that's, a, you know, I'd say that's about 10% of my clients are in that situation. It's, it's, it's more odd for that situation to come up. And I just think that's human nature. We don't take action when things are going good. We ride out the wave. And the problem with that is obviously is at some point that wave starts to fall down and then you reach a point where you're either plateauing or you're in your own divine storm, whatever that might be. And so I think it'd be, if someone's in a great place, that's the best time to take action. Yeah, I completely agree with that one. It's, it's you know, everyone says market through a recession and, you know, I'm often the person giving the advice of just market through everything, guys. You know, you don't take the foot off the pedal with that. And this is a this is a very similar train of thought, which I think is perfect. And there's a couple of things that, that I just want to move into now. The first one is if someone doesn't necessarily recognize that they need this kind of help, what can be some of the symptoms and what can be some of the impacts of actually not addressing this? What what do you help circumvent, if you like? So what happens to people who are not doing this is they disassociate from their life. That's really probably the number one thing. And what does that mean? So instead of dealing with the hard problems, they will do other actions such as maybe alcohol, maybe drugs, maybe they have some mental health condition they're not taking care of. Maybe they're just eating more. 
Um, it could be a lot of different negative behaviors, but that's part of what goes on. The other part of it is just living a life where you don't have any passion and there's no motivation and you just wake up every day and you feel like a drone and a robot walking to work or doing whatever you do during the day. And, you know, that makes your life horrible. And the other thing is people don't have connections. They don't have that deep relationships with people in their business or their personal life that really matter. And once you have something like that, you realize that that's worth everything and it's priceless. And that's what people, I, I think they are losing out on in their life. And that's a really high price to pay. And you mentioned that, I mean, that, you know, the, the, the positive side of that, the results of actually taking a hold of this and, and moving into something much more positive is fantastic. And I just want to ask one question, which is around the outcomes, you know, what are some of the very positive and, and I don't know if you can share this kind of thing, but perhaps any specific outcomes that you've seen from people that you've really, really managed to help. So I just kind of want to contextualize that journey for people listening. Sure. So, I mean, if, if it's in business world, it's selling more. It's creating a business that's making a lot more money. It's also some clients, it's investments. I'm helping them create and find investments in their life. They're also building better skill sets. So they're better leaders. They're better managers. They can create a new culture inside of their organizations. I work with people in sales. I work with people in human resources to help develop those skill sets out more and also develop their culture and help them sell more. And really, the other thing about it is that people just get excited about their life every day and they feel passionate and fulfilled. And they're building relationships that matter in their life and also are worth a lot of money. And you don't realize what you're tapping into. And a couple examples I'll give you is one, I have a CEO of mine who grew up in a family where there was no emotion at all. And he's pretty, I mean, he's a funny person, but he uses humor to deflect. And so about two months, three months into coaching, he told me he had an exciting story to tell me. And I was like, I wonder what it was. I sat down and he told me that he dropped his daughter off at summer camp and he drove away. He cried for the first time in 25 years. And that got him excited. And to see someone's face when that happened is just fantastic. And, you know, later after that session, I walked outside, I was walked to his office and I was leaving. I ran into two people and they were like, are you by hand to coach and are you working with our CEO? And I said, yes. And, and they said to me, don't, whatever you're doing, keep doing it. I've never seen him as happy and excited and positive in, you know, the seven or 10 years that we've seen him. So I thought that was pretty great. I have another client of mine who went to the TED conference um, in Vancouver, which is, you know, one of the top two conferences in the world. And he's, extroverted, but not so extroverted. And he had never been to a conference like that before. So he was really unsure of what to do, how to go about it. So we set up a plan and strategy to set up meetings and do some other things. And he ended up meeting 30 or 40 people there that are major influencers. He got to meet Bill Gates. He had a connection that ended up, we met with Richard Branson in a private airfield. He got an iPhone 6 from Tim Cook personally with a note on the back of the iPhone that Tim Cook wrote to him. And he got some investment opportunities and these investment opportunities are absolutely astronomical. They'll, I think the combined amount he's invested is $6 million and that may seem a lot, but the return on investment, it, now it's going to be between 500 and $700 million in the next 12 to 18 months. And this is 
from the valuation of the companies on where they're headed right now. I mean, even on paper right now, the investments are worth over $100 million. So if he sold them to other people that want to invest, I mean, he can make $95 million tomorrow off $94 million off this investment just from going to conference. So, you know, those are the types of things. I worked with another salesperson and she was having some challenges and ended up finding out that the problem she was having was the fact that she has a very high-pitched voice and her grandmother and her mother used to make fun of her on the phone. And so she hated picking up the phone. And that was the reason why. And so instead of now being a crutch, I sold her every new sales engagement. I wanted to tell people the reason you're in sales is because of this experience. And you know, the last three months, she's had the best months she's ever had each successive month. So there's a lot you can do pretty quickly to make some. And a lot of these things in life, which is great, is they're small little changes. They're not massive. It's just we cannot see our own blind spots. That's just life. That's how we were created because that's a survival mechanism and pattern that we are embedded in our brain. That's a fantastic quote there. We can't see our own blind spots. I think we're all, we can all relate to that one, Jason. That's fantastic. And let's just shift a gear into the whole relationship side of things. And because we've talked through identifying the issues and how you work with people in terms of overcoming those. And where does the, 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 the art of relationships fit into this puzzle then? Because it feels like, you know, these are, these are people with whom you build a relationship. You know, what happens to their network? What happens to their relationship skills on the back of this? I mean, pretty amazing things, right? The world opens up because everything in life we is done with or through other people. No one does anything by themselves, right? In business, I mean, someone has to buy your products. So you have to reach out and touch people. You have to build relationships and sales, right? Even if jobs that are only inward facing like human resources is dependent on your relationships with other people. And so, and as a, if you're a leader, that's absolutely critical. And that's why most leaders fail is because they don't have these skill sets and they're not taught anywhere, right? You don't go to school and learn them like you learn math or English. But I would say to you that every executive I work with will tell me that this is the most valuable training they've ever had in their life. And it's the difference between making them successful and failing. And so having this is absolutely critical. So what happens is you start meeting people and you instantly, from the moment you meet them, start building a great relationship with them. And that's something phenomenal because, you know, the, it, life is a numbers game in terms of people because you need to meet more people to see who fits well with you and who you want in your life, right? But if it's in a corporation and it's a finite set of people, you have to build great relationships with them. Your business and career depends on it. So by starting from the right place right from the beginning, you then can create meaningful relationships with people that people will have your back. They will support you, they will help you, and they'll literally do anything for you and bring you opportunities in life, whether it's personal or professional. The network and the, the whole relationship side of things can never be undervalued. We have spoken about it, not from this perspective before on the show, uh, with fantastic Judy Robinette, who was just a connector of people, yep. you know, an, an amazing person. I'm sure you know Judy. And, yep. you know, she, she always says that your net worth is in your network, which I think is a profound, it is. it's a very profound quote, you know? It is. And I, I, I completely believe that. I, I think also, though, part of your network, meaning your net worth, is about your self-worth. Also about the value you provide people. So I think it's really three things. I think that that's, you know, your net worth comes down to your network, your self-worth, and your ability to provide value to other people. And then when you can do all three things of those, you are truly limitless. There is absolutely nothing in this world you cannot do. 
Now, it may take a little time, but you can get it done. It's a great set of mindsets to employ and just to live by. I think that's something that we can all we can all go back and check ourselves sometimes and just say, listen, you know, am, am I still on the right path with these three things? I think that's really, really interesting. And Jason, let's just shift a gear now into the three actionable takeaways that Excellence Expected is now famous for. I'm going to keep saying that until we are very famous, Jason. And yes. you've actually put together three fantastic actionable tips for people out there who are looking to master the art of relationships. So if we may, let's dig into actionable tip number one, sir. Okay. So social communication, emotional skill sets are all learned behaviors and that you're not born with them. But so practicing is absolutely essential. And what can you do with that? Well, the key thing there is to go and start talking to people, right? Starting to go get connected by having conversations. And you can just have conversations in line for coffee anywhere. Just ask people, how's your day going? What's on the agenda this week? Asking them simple little questions to start talking and communicating and just getting over the fear of interacting with people is really step one. It's not about outcomes and what happens. It's first about just engaging because most people are just not engaging, right? You miss 100% of the chances that you don't take. So you have to start engaging with people considerably more And I'd say also part of that will mean doing some internal work on yourself to understand what are your blind spots and what are challenges you have in patterns that are no longer serving you. I like the idea of that interaction, just interacting anywhere. I found that when I started podcasting, Jason, my communication skills just became much more fluid and the confidence came. I've always been a very uh, loquacious person, people will I'm sure my mum would tell you that if you ever spoke to her. You know, I could never be shut up. But the type of interactions that you have, you do find yourself with practice changing how you talk and how you respond and more importantly, how you listen, which I think is a really, it's, it's almost a byproduct that you don't recognize until you recognize it. I know that sounds odd, but it's, it's not upon you until you realize. Does that make yes, any sense? It makes sense. Because I think the bottom line here is that when you're competent, you feel confident. And competency here is about getting over the fear of saying hi to someone you don't know because you're worried about the outcome, right? So you're attached to that outcome that that stranger may say something negative. They might walk away. They might hurt you, right? But all that is survival patterns that are embedded in our brain, the fight or flight, you know, area in our reptilian brain in the limbic system. that's trying to keep us safe, right? And what happened is you were told early on, don't talk to strangers, And your parents did that to keep you safe. But what they didn't tell you was when you were 18 years old, forget we ever told you that. Now you need to talk to people because that's going to, your success in life and your fulfillment and happiness are going to be dependent on that. That's a really good point. Really good point. And the second actionable tip, please, sir. Yeah. So the great thing about doing what I just talked about is there are better places to go. And the best places to go are charity organizations and nonprofits, meaning opera, symphony, art museums. And why are those two places the best? Because that's where wealthy people and social influencers go. They go to give back, and those are the best places to go. Secondarily, you're going to a place where everyone's showing up because they want to be there. If you randomly go and talk to someone at any place, you don't know why they're there. There could be a thousand reasons, but they're going to these events specifically to meet people, specifically to give back. And that is great, especially people who may be introverted. They may be a little socially awkward. They may be fearful of starting conversations. 
these are the best places to go and the easiest places to go to meet people. And, you know, I'd say an average person can go and meet anywhere from five to 20 people in an hour. And so the great thing about it, too, is you can plan this in advance. You can own, these events usually are only like two hours long, so it's not a huge commitment. Some of them are on the weekends, but most of them are during the week. So that's an easy place to go because you're not giving up that much time. And you can meet a significant amount of people. I mean, think if you went to two events every week for the next month, you'd now meet 40 new people in your life. Most people don't even have 40 people they even stay in contact with, let alone in one month, you could have more than you ever have right now. And it's simple and easy. And quality people who lead with giving and who are the types of people that you want to meet and want to have in your life. You make a great point there about quality people because you know not, not everyone's right for everyone else. And that, the idea of cherry picking the types of groups that you mix with is something, especially I think in small business, that sometimes we forget because yes. it's like a false proactive uh, activity that we must undertake. We think that we're doing something right by going to networking groups, for example. But if they're the wrong type of networking group, we'd actually, we just may as well not bother going. So the idea of cherry picking, is that is that something that you work with people on, you know, finding the right circles to move in? Yes. And I think the thing about it is most networking people groups, there's people that are desperate. They're going there because they have to meet other people. So they're in a taking modality, which is not a great place to go. And what they have to offer you typically will be significantly less, right? So your you know, small business, your customer, your partner, your supplier are sitting in charity and nonprofits, and they're the ones that you have to meet and they will make your business for you, right? They will bring you in money or give you things at a discount if you build these relationships because I see it happen all the time. And that's how business is done, right? I mean, business is done in social environments where you don't have the pressure of having to sell and convince someone. And people help who they like. So if you can influence them in a positive way, they're going to like you and therefore they're going to want to help you. Yeah, fantastic tip, super stuff. And Jason, let's move into the third and final actionable tip, please, sir. Sure. You have to lead with giving and generosity when you meet people. And I think that's one of the key things that people don't do. And they really miss an opportunity. And how can you do this? Well, the first thing is, is that you need to build rapport with people, right? Rapport, likability, and trust are the three things that you must build in any interaction to get someone to want to follow up with you, get to know you better, or build a deeper relationship, even if you have one right now. And one of the questions that builds rapport the best is asking someone, what are you passionate about in your life? What projects are you working on that you're passionate about? And why does that question matter? Because it gets at the emotional core of someone. Everyone in life is led by their emotions. That's why you're doing this podcast show. People out there are listening. It's all about the emotional content. And when you understand that emotions are driving the car and behavior and cognition are in the back seat, you're realizing that unless you tap into someone's emotional core, you will never have the relationship you want to have. And secondarily, if you start with the emotional side, you can exponentially build that relationship way faster. I mean, why wait to ask someone a question like that, you know, five, six, seven interactions and ask them right away? Because the great thing after that is now you're finding what matters to them most. And then after that, you can ask them the question, what challenges are you having with that? And then you can help them on something that's the most important thing. Well, once you do that, like maybe you have a contact to give them, maybe you have a suggestion, maybe you have an idea, maybe you don't know anything about it. 
But if you follow up the next day, give it some thought and then contact them again and even say to them, you know what, I tried. I don't really have anything here, but I'll definitely keep it in mind. People will be very impressed. And it's a great way to get people's contact information, too, because now you have a reason to follow up as well. That's a great idea. That's a really good way. And that's that's actually led by giving and generosity, which, you know, actually you're getting what you need out of that by leading with that gener- uh, generosity and, and giving, which I think is it's, it feels counterintuitive, but actually when you break it down like that, Jason, it's, it's extremely logical, isn't it? It is. And people don't do it. I mean, I went to a Fortune magazine um, summit on energy and technology last week. And every meeting I walked out of, I gave the person a book. And I gave them a book specifically for them. And I didn't know them well. I just read their bio. And I just went online on Amazon and bought some books when I was down with my client, my client was like, wow, that's awesome idea. Like I'd never think about this and I'd never do it. And I'm like, well, that's exactly why it works, right? When you do what 99.9% of the people don't do, you get farther ahead. And often is a $10 book can be worth hundreds of millions of dollars. I mean, it can be, and it is all the time for people. You just have to start thinking out of the box and do new things. And I know it's challenging, right? Because these are things I wouldn't have thought of before either, but I kept challenging, keep challenging myself to do something different. And how do I speed up the relationship building process? How can I reach someone and touch someone in a new way that someone else hasn't? Because then I'll stand out and they'll want to get to know me. Amazing. Fantastic stuff. And Jason, that is an amazing place to put a pin in that one. I just want to thank you so much. That's been such an insightful chat. So thank you for taking the time to do that. And before we wrap it up for good, Where's the best place for people to connect with you online, please? Yes, they can go to beextraordinary.tv. That's beextraordinary.tv. And you can find my book, Social Wealth. You can go to Amazon and get that as well. You can go find out my coaching options. There's tons of free materials on there on how to network, how to create change in your life, how to create change in life faster, You know how to create influence and personal branding and tons of other options for people to dig into and learn some new things. Amazing stuff. Jason, thank you once again, sir. That really has been a pleasure. Well, thanks for having me on the show. Always fun, always fun. And guys, if you've missed anything, do not fret. You don't have to scrub through the last 30 minutes and try and find it. We'll get everything in the show notes over at excellence-expected.com. And actually, whilst you are over there, we have something a little new. We're in... The age, it seems, of live streaming. Now, so many of us small business people are wondering, where does this actually fit in to our marketing? And more so, how the heck do I get started? Well, I've been playing around with Periscope and Blab in particular for the last few months now, and they're both fantastic for small business marketing. So over at excellence-expected.com, you can pick up a free infographic, which will give you three Really simple starter ideas for kicking you off with Periscope and Blab. So check it out. You might like it. You will find it useful. And don't forget, guys, the more you expect from yourself, the more you will excel. Adios. Adios.